one. All right, oh yeah. My husband's given me a watch because uh, you better get comfortable. This could be a long, a long day. No, I'm joking. I'll try and keep it to an hour. <laughs> Jokes again. Um, I'm not preaching on Kurdistan, uh, just in case from the photo you assume that's what I was going to be preaching on. Uh, we're still on our Ephesian series. We've been doing that for some months now, and it's been great. And we're, I guess, wrapping it up now. Um, we have had, uh, we've, we've been looking at this letter that Paul has written to a church in Ephesus, and it's in the New Testament. When we come to looking at it, you turn to uh, near the end. And we've been looking at how um, commentators have talked about Ephesians being um, uh, written in, in various different stages in terms of gospel living, the way that we are to live as Christians. And we've looked at how the first three chapters look at uh, us as sitting. Um, so basically, we have three chapters just pumped full of truth of all that Jesus has done for us and what we freely come into when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, this amazing news of, of um, redemption, of forgiveness, of being now qualified with every qualification because of Jesus, um, being made totally new and inheriting uh, amazing things that we are to come into when we go to the new heaven and the new earth. Amazing news. So we've got three chapters of that sitting, and Paul wants uh, to make sure that we know that that is, that, is, that is our foundation, and that is where we're starting from. We are sitting. We have not done nothing to contribute to this. Uh, he has done everything. Um, and then we've got the next stage, which is walking. Um, and we've spent, from chapter, chapter four onwards, we've spent some time looking at how we conduct ourselves as Christians. How do we live our lives? How do we do our relationships, which is what we've been looking at the, the past few weeks, um, intimate household relationships of uh, marriage and parenting. That's what we've done. And you will be excited to know we are in our final stage of what commentators call the standing. I like that. It's exciting. So now we are at our standing. We've done our sitting, our walking. Now we are at our standing. And so as uh, we read, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20, which is going to come up for us. Right? Do we have the verses? Oh, great. Right. Let's read together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, Paul, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Wow, amazing. Thank you, God, for your word, Lord. We just pray that, uh, yeah, that as we hear your truth, that there'll be freedom in this place. Lord, thank you that your truth really does set us free. God, I just pray that, uh, that there will just be revelation, that there would be just truth plotted into minds and hearts, and that it will take root and sink deeply into each of our hearts, that we will be uh, well equipped as we look into what it is, Lord God, to put on our whole armor. Just pray for all of us here in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm not talking about Kurdistan at all, but um, <laughs> Iraq is all over the news, isn't it, for being in uh, war, and we see it all over the Middle East. There's definitely war going on. We don't live in it here. Um, we don't have a physical war that's going on, so we don't see that. Um, but as we can see from these verses, that Christians are definitely in a war. This is the image that we're given. There are various images in the Bible of, of, of Christians and what they look like. But now we've got the image of Christians as, a, as being in a war, as soldiers in a war. And um, this, this particular um, sort of image is taken from the prophecy of Isaiah. So there's imagery throughout Isaiah of the Lord himself uh, like a warrior. He's portrayed like a warrior who's uh, clothing himself with these weapons and this armor. And we are told that likewise, this is how we are to be as Christians. Uh, and we are in a war because of the side that we are on. So did you know that because now we have come into uh, following Jesus, because we have come into relationship with Jesus, we, he has taken us from the domain of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of light. And we're going to look at why we are in a war in a minute. Um, sorry, I've got, I've got a dry mouth. But just to say, if you're a Christian here today, uh, you are in a war. Uh, and Paul wants to start off, before he goes any further to talking about what this war is, the first thing he wants us to realize is he wants to take us back to everything that he's talked about in the previous chapters, the first three, which is for us to see God and his strength. Before we start anything else, he wants us to know that our God is strong. He wants us to know the power that we've come into. In chapter one, we see that uh, Jesus uh, in his power was raised from the dead. That is power, isn't it? To be raised from the dead. And he was seated in heavenly places. He has got ultimate authority over everything. He's got ultimate authority over Satan and his domain of darkness. And he's got ultimate authority over everything that he has created. All power uh, is his. All authority and uh, victory is his. And we look um, in the first chapters about how he has come. To, he's died for us. He has redeemed us. He's forgiven us. And all those things have been done because he is a victorious God. So when he died, he didn't stay dead, did he? He came and he rose from the dead and he's triumphant and victorious and as Christians today that is the victory that we come into his strength is our strength his victory is our victory 
that is that is the truth and that is the place that we need to stand uh, that, w- that we need to learn that that's how we're going to stand we can't stand on our own two feet uh, we're going to, we're being told in the next verses that we are in a war we need to put on our armor so we are being alerted that this is a this is not a war that we're going to be able to fight by ourselves this is not a war that we can just take on with our own human strength this is not a physical war this is something spiritual in order to uh, be able to really fight this war and in order to come out of it winning and not being on the ground and not uh, being dead really to come out winning and alive um, is to be able to fight it with his strength and his strength alone and uh, we will see that he has provided us with everything that we need in order to fight this war now We go to verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is a war that is not against people. I think it's really important that we say that first and foremost, because we are physical beings, really, aren't we? We're so physical, we can see stuff. Um, And we are so engaged with how when things get hard, Usually, most of the time, it's because based on relationships, things have got hard based on what people have said to us, people have done to us. And in those moments, um, which is why I think um, the previous ones, the previous verses before we've got to this has been based on relationships as well, in that we see that it progresses to this to make us, to alert us that it's not against flesh and blood. That's not what our war is. In moments when people hurt us, when people reject us, when people... Uh, do things to, to cause us to not trust them anymore, we can think, do you know what? I am so angry. I'm furious at you. My war is against you. We can, our immediate reaction might sometimes be, I want to have revenge. I want to be in a raging anger. But Paul, in, our, in talking about the whole the chapters from four and five, it's been about our walking, hasn't it? It's been showing us He's, and Paul's been showing us and revealing uh, through the spirit of God as we read his word. Wow, we are to be imitators of God in the way that we love one another, that we are humbled, that we forgive one another. That doesn't mean that there's no place for um, confronting things. There's no place for being able to um, see restoration and be reconciled to people. We've, we've had some sermons on that. But this is today, uh, this is Paul saying, look, I want you to see that when things get hard, Um, I want you to see that when people say things and when you're attacked for your faith, I want you to see that when you're rejected, be aware that there is more going on than what you can see, that you need to see that there is a power of darkness that, that is coming, that's coming to divide relationships, but where God In the first chapters, we see Jesus has come to bring unity. He's come to reconcile us to God, but also to one another in the church. Actually, we have got an enemy who wants to bring division. We've got an enemy who who wants the total opposite of that. We have now been brought into the purposes of God. We have an enemy who is envious, who is angry, who is furious, because he knows Um, that we are now of the purposes of God. And if we see the reality, and if we have a revelation and our eyes opened to the fact that Jesus is totally victorious, that he, Satan, who is our enemy, who is this uh, this, um, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, 
Satan and his kingdom of darkness, these minions all together who, um, want to, uh, who, want, who want everyone to go to hell. They don't want God to be glorified. They don't want us to be those who are caught up with the purposes of God and seeing him glorified. Um, he realizes that if we knew that truth, that there, of the fact that God um, is totally triumphant and we can be triumphant in him, that, there is, that he's in danger. He knows that. And uh, he is also aware that he has been totally disarmed. We're told in Colossians that he's totally been disarmed. So he's got no weapons against us. Um, he's been totally put to shame. But not, we don't always know that. We don't always know that. When sin comes knocking at the door, when those darts come, when we are tempted, uh, when trials come, we don't always remember that that's the position that we have in Christ and that our Lord really is victorious. And we've sang of it today. Um, and I really want to honor that time of just testimony, of just being able to say, well, people, we, we've really recognized that we are in a war. We've really recognized that there's more going on here than just um, just living life. The, the living life is this is it. We are in a war as Christians, and it's hard. And there are moments where um, it is, it's painful. Um, and this today, I just feel like God really just wants to remind us of his victory and that he is triumphant. All we need to do is celebrate. There is something massive in living lives of celebration to his triumph. Um, when we realize that and God brings a, a revelation of that, there is such victory for um, habitual sin, there's such victory for restoring relationships, such victory in seeing the way that we approach um, situations that seem really hopeless and impossible. Um, so even though we've looked at how um, the, 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 the war um, is with uh, Satan, is, is against Satan and in the heavenly places, I think it's important to point out that the battleground is in our minds. Um, don't know about you, but when I'm uh, tempted, I know the first thing that happens, it's a thought in my mind. Um, when I, I feel like there is just, like, I'm feeling so angry because something hasn't happened the way that I planned it to go. Um, I, I, I sense it. The first thing that happened in my head is I just think, oh, my goodness, that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. It's all going to fall apart now. And then worry and then anxiety. And that's the battleground is we need to recognize that the enemy will use methods and schemes and plot things into our minds. Um, and uh, it's all lies. It's all deception. And that's how he comes and he tries to put a, lure us away from obedience to God and from keeping ourselves in the truth, which he knows will set us free from the truth, which he knows will mean that we will live lives of victory in him. And uh, it's recognizing his schemes and it's recognizing his methods. Um, and that is the battleground, really, which is why we're reminded in Scripture to renew our minds. We're reminded to take every thought captive, because if at that stage we are quick to recognize it, that is a part of our weapon. And that is a part of the way that we fight. That's how um, that, that's, I guess, the power of being able to clothe ourselves well. I just want to also just make a comment on balance. 
um, in that when we come to looking at this topic of us being in a war and spiritual warfare, um, we can tip into two wrong places, which is one of them is we just assume that when we talk about spiritual warfare, that immediately we're just dealing with casting out demons. Um, and uh, it's very clear from here that actually that is a small amount of the time. Most of our spiritual warfare is in the way that we ready ourselves and um, are protected by the full armor that God gives us in being able to really stand firm and live this life as Christians. And also the other one is that we can overestimate uh, the devil's uh, responsibility in the way that he does stuff to the point that we don't take responsibility for our own actions. Um, I think uh, the Bible makes it very clear that uh, we have sin and we have a flesh and therefore uh, there will be moments when, uh, when we just need to recognize that actually when we make sin, when we, when we sin and we do something wrong, that we need to own up to that and not just say, oh, I had that lustful thought, but it's all right because the devil made me do it. Um, he made me think that. So do you know what? Let's just, let's just get on with life and get on. Actually, no, it's recognizing that when we have a thought that is not godly, we, can, we say, God, I'm sorry, and we repent of it. And that's, that's, that's recognized, that's responsibility. When we uh, shout in a rage of anger and say something really hurtful and sinful to someone who's close to us, we, our, 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 the way that we deal with it isn't to say, the devil made me do it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the devil made me do it. That's not really saying sorry and owning up to the fact that you've done something wrong. It's really just that it's recognizing I'm a human who does, who, who when I make mistakes, I need to come and I need to repent and I need to say sorry. So I think just getting that balance is really important um, so that we um, are just ready, ready for this war and ready for being able to stand. Um, and here we've got the, I just want to say that in verse 13, you know, we've got the um, evil day, talks about able to withstand in the evil day. And this evil day is basically just um, a day of temptation, a day when you're challenged, a day when a trials, severe trials come your way. And um, the best way that it's put here as well is, is that the, the day of flame, the flaming, darrow, um, flaming darts of the evil one. Um, it's that when that day comes, when there's just temptation at you, there is um, trials in your way. There are um, challenges and problems and difficulties that come up, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in the, in, just in your head where you're having doubts and uh, really, yeah, just doubting things that God has said. In all those moments, the, the flaming uh, darts of the, uh, of the enemy, those, that is the evil day. And uh, we... Uh, the reason why we're told to put on our full armor is so that we are equipped for that day. And that day will come often when you are a Christian because uh, this is a war that we engage with every day. It's not that it's a one-off war. So you say, right, I've, we've, we've conquered and that was a difficult moment. I was tempted and I've conquered. I can just let it all go now. It's fine. I can just carry on living my life. There's going to be no more attacks. I've worked out Satan's methods and schemes. I know that when, uh, when uh, things, you're going to know more about me through this, through this. I know that when things don't go the way that I want it to go, I know that when I've planned this lovely day with the kids and it really doesn't go my way, I start to freak out a little bit. And then I find myself picking at things and getting angry. So I've worked that out. So I'm alert to it. So I feed myself with this truth. And because I've worked it out, I, I'm fine now. Satan doesn't tempt me in that way anymore. And I just, I don't, I don't get angry anymore. But 
that is a dangerous place for me to be in because I need to be aware that he has other methods. He's crafty. He's a deceiver. And he will find other ways to come and, and, uh, and, and make sure that I sin, that make sure that I um, uh, keep my eyes and not look to Jesus anymore, but take them off of Jesus and look to myself and look to other things to please me. So let's look at this standing firm. Um, so then we're told, so we've, we've done, if we've put everything into place, um, we've got all things into place. Having done all, basically putting everything into place, we're then to stand firm. I just really want to say that that standing firm, I just felt like when I was preparing this, I had this picture that, that we just assume that if we're standing firm, then all we're doing is we're just standing there. And all these darts are coming and maybe they like push us back and we feel really exhausted. And maybe they make us feel like this is really tiring. I'm just standing here. Um, I just felt like that was a really wrong picture, if that's the picture that we've got of what it means to stand firm. Um, the translation for standing firm here is more like a being sort of established and keeping that force, that, that sort of place of authority. And I just feel like there's needed that image adjusting in terms of really understanding this isn't just about standing there and just taking lots of hits and saying this Christian walk is really exhausting I'm constantly just taking hits um, and I just don't know if I can do it because if that's the way that we approach it then when we are really tempted then it's just going to be like do you know what I'm, re I'm just going to give in I might as well just go back to looking at porn I might as well just go back uh, to, to just shouting at people when I'm feeling really furious because actually this this Christian walk of just keeping it together is really hard. And that is really a deception from the evil one. We are to have this strong, established force of saying, no, we are about something glorious. We're about something amazing here. We are standing for the purposes of God. And we've come into the light. We are not in the darkness anymore. If we've got that stance, I'm telling you, this, this is life worth living. It's not just saying, I'm just going to stand there. It's just something more powerful. I feel like it, when God adjusts that in our minds, there really is freedom that comes in those moments when we're feeling like this is tough it is looking towards uh the good the good stuff that god's got for us um, and also just to say there is a line with that there is no spirit of fear in this so when uh, when we're talking when we're talking about this whole thing of the armor of god um there isn't a like a hint of a spirit and fear in it there's something of there's empowering there's something of god's strength and i think sometimes when we think about spiritual warfare something of a fear comes upon us and i know and one of the stories i thought of was um when we first moved into, onto our estate, um, I felt God called me to just keep walking around our estate and praying. And I felt like I was doing something like, like Joshua, you know, just walking around and taking ground. And, and there was a spiritualist church on one of the sides. I'm sure if you've come to our estate or know that area, you'd recognize it. And the first few times I walked past that spiritual church, something of a fear came upon me because I did not recognize the power and the strength in God in which I was praying in. I think, and somehow I sort of overestimated the power of the evil one. And then something of a fear came upon me. And there were even times when I wanted to avoid walking past the spiritualist church and thought, well, I've prayed up to here. I'll just go back around again and then stop there again and just leave that little gap. It doesn't need any prayer. It's fine. And uh, I just felt like God in that moment equipped me and said, no, you have 
my, my power is way more than all of that. You don't even need to consider that. I have got total authority. Um, I have I've stamped on that. I've got total victory. And I've destroyed that power. I've disarmed him. And I just, yeah, I just felt like God wanted to empower us today in, in saying, do you know what? Sometimes when we come to the whole thing of spiritual warfare and battling and interceding and praying, sometimes we might have that mentality of, am I really ready to engage with that? I'm, I'm a bit afraid of that. And I feel like if we just look to Jesus and see who he is, that's just broken. Um, that fear is broken. Right. Then we're told, well, we have been told for a while. Now we're going to move into putting on the full armor of God. So we're told to put on a full armor. And I'm going to just talk about this full armor so briefly because we've spent uh, weeks, about two, two or so years ago, looking at this whole section of spiritual warfare and really just um, week by week went through the armor. So if you really want details of the armor, please do go back on podcasts and, um, and Revelation website. I'm sure it's still on there. Um, but just very brief, briefly to say that to put on our full armor, um, we, ha- we have to make the choice to do it. I think one of the dangers is that we can just assume that because uh, we have now come into Christ and we're saved, that we're just always fully equipped. Um, so we just assume that we don't need to day by day make that choice to uh, have the, the gospel, the mystery of the gospel totally revealed to us day by day, to be able to come into uh, protecting ourselves and clothing ourselves with all that God himself has provided for us. This full armor has been provided by God. Like I said in the image of the, the prophecy of Isaiah, this is what God wore himself. So it's like when we put on the full armor, it's like imagine that you are putting on God himself. You're putting on his characteristics, all that he's got for us. Uh, And uh, like chapter five, you know, we are called to be imitators of God. So it's like we're saying, I choose to be one who um, is in Christ. I choose to to today put on all that I need for being able to live out the purposes of God in my life and looking to him and keeping my eyes fixed on him. So very quickly, we've got, and I'm not going to focus on it as as an armor because I think it's just going to be too much detail. So we've got truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. And on truth, I just want to say I felt like um, God really just highlights me. So I'm basically just going to say what I feel like God's highlighted and not go into detail on those pieces. Otherwise, uh, you will be here for another hour at least. Um, I feel like on truth, God's just highlighted to me about being just real people. So being honest and open and people who really just mean what they say. I know that we did a sermon on speaking the truth. There's just power in the truth. I really just feel it. Um, every, every, you know, every day I'm noticing more and more that when friends come around and they speak truth over me and they leave, there is just freedom. And uh, even those who don't know Jesus, so I've got friends, many friends who don't know the Lord. And when I've been in their house, I might not have quoted scripture, but I've spoken the truth. And when I've left, the other day I got a text actually from a friend who said, I'm still surfing on the energy that you left here. And I thought, that's interesting because all I did was, she asked me for my testimony and how I became a Christian. I shared that with her. And then she told me about some of her worries about what was going on with her husband. And I basically just spoke truth about uh, what, what God says about marriage. Um, didn't quote any scripture, just spoke truth. And when I walked out, 
And her text was that she was still surfing on the positive energy that, I've, that I'd left in the house. And I thought there is something so captivating about speaking truth that we need to make sure that the atmosphere that we're in, the friendships that we're in, that they are truth speaking ones, ones that people just look and they say, there is something really captivating and I want that truth. I want to know what that truth is. And it leads to the ultimate truth that we find in the gospel of Jesus. And then righteousness. Um, obviously, we've been made righteous. So uh, we have been made right because of what Jesus has, has done for us. And uh, we've been made justified. And I read somewhere, I don't remember where I read it, but I love it. The, the sort of the best way to think of justified is just as if I'd not done this thing. And it's like, I've been made totally right, totally made totally brand new because of what Jesus has done for me. And to be able to pre protect myself with righteousness is being able to really understand and re remind myself every day, I really have been made right. What, what an amazing thing that actually, when God looks at me, he doesn't see my past sins. So why would I remind myself of my past sins when he doesn't see them? He sees Jesus when he looks at me. He, as in chapter one, we've been told, made me holy and blameless. Isn't that an amazing position for me to start off my standing with? And uh, also just to say that, you know, we are not saved by our righteous acts, but it's really important that we have right conduct, the way that we live our lives, that we do right things, that we do what reflects Jesus in the way that we make choices in our workplaces. When someone else is choosing something really wrong and immoral, when we do the right thing, uh, there's something really powerful in that. And um, yeah, God really does come and, uh, and show us that this is a strong uh, piece of weaponry to have. Um, and then the gospel of peace. Um, yeah, just to be a people of peace, really. And just, I was going to talk about this for a long time, but actually I'm not going to. Um, just to say that, do you know what? If, if, if we're in, in a room with people and they sense that there is just real peace on us, it is, it's really powerful um, because we're all looking to know peace, aren't we? So if we don't know Jesus, um, I know for me that that was one of the big things is just feeling really unsettled in my heart all the time of not knowing that peace. And when, when we don't know Jesus, there, there can be this sense of just really not knowing what our purpose in life is, not really knowing where it is that we're going, not knowing that we've been made uh, for praising the creator, the one who has created us. We, not knowing that we've been made for an amazing purpose in living to glorify him um, and uh, yeah, when we don't understand that, there's just such a lack of peace in us. And I feel like if when we really know that peace, we're told to be ready. There's a readiness in this verse, the, the, the shoes. It's a sense of being ready to be able to say to people when, they, when they're with you and they say, what is this peace that you've got? It's being ready to say, this is what it is. It's Jesus. Um, and then faith, uh, really just knowing God's promises and trusting him and uh, living in that. Salvation, um, this, this one, I think for me, I, first I just read it and thought, well, actually, isn't that really easy? Like, I know I'm saved, so I must, I must always have my helmet on. Isn't that just automatic? And I think that, again, can be a, a real misunderstanding. We need to remind ourselves every day of what we've been rescued into. And uh, also, um, Thessalonians, when it talks about the helmet of salvation, it says the hope of the helmet of salvation. And I know that um, I was texting a friend this week, and God really just reminded me of this, that there, in salvation, there's a real hope that comes with it, the sense of knowing Actually, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I've got real hope because I trust in God 
I've got real hope because I know he's already done something for me. He's already rescued me. So I know that what's going to follow next is just going to anchor me. That even though I don't know what tomorrow will bring, I'm really anchored in this hope that I have in him. And I know that I can be certain of things that seem impossible because he is the one who I look to. He's the one who anchors me. And then the word of God, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Speak it out. Because the, the, this, this, um, the translation for word here is rima, which is the spoken word. Um, and I felt like God wanted to say that um, we can... I think I, I lived under this lie that it was okay just to pray in my head. And it's okay, so don't hear what I'm not saying. Sometimes I would sit in bed. And I do pray in my head. But there is something really powerful about the spoken word. And I think that we're in a culture, um, maybe it's because I'm Middle Eastern, so that's why I'm saying this. But I think we're in a culture where doing things out loud sometimes can be quite embarrassing. So we just assume um, it's okay just to sing it in our heads. We can just mime um, because I don't sound very good. It's okay just to pray in my head because actually being really passionate isn't something that's really... um, appropriate. I need to just keep things to myself. I don't want to offend anybody. There's something really powerful in the spoken word. Um, And I've often walked down the street and prayed, and I know that people are looking at me thinking she's crazy. But there is something really powerful about speaking God's word out, speaking it out to one another. Um, When we hear hear God's word spoken to one another, it really does break uh, just the power of darkness that's there. And it just brings just such a power of light into our lives think I've gone on for quite a long time sorry um okay so then we just wrap it up and there's this there's this weapon that carries on which is the weapon of prayer and um just to just to say that uh, this this is the weapon this is an all total dependence on God and uh, we are given the words all in these just in these last two verses four times so pay attention to that and recognize that prayer is really important in us being able to equip ourselves and be ready for um, uh, being able to stand in this war um, against the power of darkness and in this war on the side of our king um, who uh, is glorious. Um, And praying and standing belong together. So if your prayer life isn't looking great, then your standing life is not going to look great either. That's just the reality. So if we're not able to remember that praying here is it's all encompassing i'm not just saying praying so therefore you've got to constantly be interceding for people or it's crying out to god um for 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 yourself when things are hard there's loads going on in prayer here so prayer is thanksgiving prayer is a confession of sin prayer is really adoring jesus um prayer is interceding for people so it's specific requests for I've just God I've just remembered that person I pray your blessing and your power and your kingdom come in their lives it's it's there's loads going on here in terms of prayer and it's always being reminded and prayerful about situations um and one thing that God's really challenging me on is when when I think about things do I just think about them or do I actually give them to him in prayer you know when I think oh do you know what I remembered that person I pray I did took bread and wine with on Sunday. They shared. They had a hard time. I hope everything's all right. And then I just carry on. No. Like God's really been challenging me. And actually, I've remembered that. So I need to commit time to praying for them because he's put that thing on my heart. And that's what the spirit is because it says here that it's praying at all times in the spirit. You know, we've got the Holy Spirit leading us and speaking to us. And there is power in our prayers. 
Um, and the amazing part of being able to do this war is that even though it's wrestling and we're doing this on our own in our, in our rooms behind closed doors in our lives, actually we are a part of a body, aren't we? So we're not on our own. It's not a Christianity isn't a lonely island. We, the, the, then another image of this, um, uh, is, of this war is that there's an army. And in an army, there's not one person standing there, is there? There's a whole lot of them. So we are there to protect one another, to stand with one another. And uh, if you know that someone, maybe your running partner or someone who's a part of your, this body is having a hard time standing, then it's, it's our place to be able to, not only fight for them in prayer, but to think, am, am I speaking truth into their life? Am I doing them good? Am I blessing them? Am I bringing peace to them in the way that I do my friendship with them? So that's the amazing part of being a part of a body is that we stand together, which is, again, why Paul ends with saying, you know, you can't imagine Paul even asking for this, but he's asking for boldness to proclaim the gospel. Um, he knows that he needs his brothers and sisters to stand with him because he has got a, a difficult challenge and a task ahead of him because there is a power of darkness that doesn't want him to be proclaiming the amazing power, even greater power of light and uh, being able to preach this good news. And, and, and that, that is what our warfare is as well. Brothers and sisters, our warfare isn't just, like I said, to just stand there and think we're getting, we're taking the hits. Actually, our warfare is to take what is ours in Christ. And I think when we change our stance, there is something amazing that happens. When we realize our warfare is to say, I am also on the offensive. I'm not just here defending myself. I'm out to get all that I know that it belongs to Christ. I'm out to get restoration for relationships because I know that that's what it is about in his kingdom. It's about unity and it's about all nations, um, all nations in his church coming together to, to praise him. I know that I'm about coming to get victory where I've just been stuck in a particular sin that I found hard for years and years and years because I know I'm about being free from that so I can really go for what Christ uh, wants uh, for me to go into. And that is the gospel living that we are called to come into. Um, and I really just felt like um, today, if there are people, even after we've shared the testimonies at the beginning, there's a sense of if there are others who are just thinking today, I really want people to come and stand with me in prayer, or I really want, I feel like I've been really wounded in this war. Um, maybe there are people just thinking, I really wasn't equipped, uh, haven't been equipped for this war. I, I sort of knew that I was in a war, but I haven't been equipped. I haven't got my full armor on, and I've taken loads of hits. Um, I didn't have my shield up, and the darts have come in in certain areas. I've left gaps. Um, I just feel like, um, yeah, I just when we have some time of praise and response, just coming forward and being able to say, I want to be ready for this war. I want to be well and fully equipped because I know that I, I, I want to go for all that God's got for me in my life. I want freedom maybe in a particular sin. Also that there's healing where people have been wounded. I feel like there's, there's healing and being able to come and say, I want to stand firm. I want to be able to live this life standing firm. Um, so as we just have some praise, 
Uh, it would be great to have people coming to responding to that. And I know that because we're a body, our immediate reaction is to all rush in and lay hands on one another and pray. But I really feel like just to spend some time doing some business with God, because our total dependence needs to be on all that God wants to do in bringing healing and looking to him for, uh, for yes, yeah, just for coming to restore and teach us how to stand firm.